the fruit of the Spirit is love followed by joy. Some say all of these fruit come out of an offshoot of love. Perhaps that's true. And if the enemy can take our first love, if he can get us sidetracked and distracted, he is coming after your joy. Then he's coming after your peace. Then he's coming after your patience and your gentleness and your goodness and your faith, meekness and temperance. The Lord wants me to speak on disappointments tonight. Disappointments are God's appointments. This is how we're going to look at it just for a few moments this very night. I've been trying to remind congregations across this country for some months now on the joy of the Lord is our strength. It seems like every church that we walk into, I feel like I'm a circuit rider evangelist trying to remind the Christian, if you'll walk in faith, as we as Christians are to walk, we ought to be walking in joy at the same time. Years ago, when I was around 11 years of age, Everyone was gone except my sister, and I had to put oil in my sister's car. I never have been a mechanic, never have wanted to be a mechanic, but that day I knew I had to step up to the plate and put oil in her car. Now, it took me about 25 minutes to get a quart of oil down the dipstick, but I did it. Now, I'm not sure who the dipstick is or was, but I also learned a long time ago, oil is needed in a car. And if you have a full tank of gas and you have no oil in your engine, you ain't going to go very far before that engine blows. And I have found in the life of the believer, if the enemy can steal our joy, it's like the oil in our heart. And if the joy begins to get out of our life, something in our life is gonna blow. But I'm saying tonight that the Lord is a fulfiller of his promises and he told his disciples that he spoke things unto them that their joy might be full. Not half full. Not a third full or three-fourths full. He said, I speak these things to you that your joy might be full. We walk into congregations every week Different churches every week, faces every week. We don't know many of them. Sometimes we go like Cal and Brian back to places and we get familiar with some people. But we go into some places and everywhere we go, we find bruised and battered and broken people who are bewildered that need the bread of life. They need encouraged We're learning to be gentle as a nurse and trying to be more 
kind and more soothing to people because people are overwhelmed with the chaos of life around them. In Wabash, Indiana last week, an elderly mother hugged me and she said, pray for me. I just buried my 57-year-old son to COVID. The pastor of the same church and his daughter were crying because his wife and her mother has uh, lost uh, her ability to know who they are due to Alzheimer's that quickly came upon them. We went to Tippecanoe the following evening and a father came up to me and he said, that song, The Only Way Out Is Through, really needs to be given out to a lot of people that are hurting because I had a 26-year-old son that was murdered and other people need to hear that they can get through it, but it'll be because the Lord will get them through. That very night, another couple came up and said, you sang to us last year. We're not pregnant yet. I'm 40 years of age and we're trusting in the Lord and we counseled them and we prayed with them and they're overwhelmed, but they left with some hope and I can tell you story after story. Everyone is going through something. And tonight, I want you to understand if you're in a season of disappointment, you're amongst people that understand because disappointment comes to each of us. Sometime, sooner or later, it's a hard fact of life. And since every one of us are going through something and disappointment is coming our way, we need to learn to walk the long roads with Christ by our side. Amen. Christians, Christian, listen to me. You and I are not immune from the up and downs of life, the hustle and bustle of life. The past two years of the pandemic has affected every one of us. We, we go by places where, where there'll be uh, literally roadsides filled with rubbish, houses uh, that have been destroyed by tornadoes and hurricanes. These summer, many of these folks have been godly people that have faced the storms of life. You and I as believers will face the terrible side of humanity. You can't go to the mall. You can't go to McDonald's. It seems like you can't go anywhere without this idea that there's going to be some nut around that's going to do something terrible. We live in times like this. And besides that, every one of us have besetting sins and temptations and trials and problems that comes our way just every day trying to live right. And Sometimes the devil, he's five inches tall, as Paul Hagen said, he'll get on your shoulder and whisper lies to you and tell you that you're a failure and you might as well throw in the towel and quit because you'll never amount to anything. But may I remind you tonight, the devil is a liar and he's the father of all lies and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we didn't join this race to quit we joined this race to win and to overcome and to go all the way and I say boo on the devil and hurrah for Jesus I'm on my way to the city of gold and God has taken me there bless his name it seems too often though we walk into churches and the whole congregation is living under a cloud of disappointment discouraged, filled with doubt, depressed. Many come to the house of worship like we're assembling 
we've assembled to conduct a memorial service for the Savior. But the grave flowers didn't even have time to wither at the tomb before the rose of Sharon arose. May I remind you, Jesus Christ is alive. That sounds so elementary, but I'll say it again. Jesus is alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. This is the foundation of our faith. Jesus crucified, buried, and risen again and coming again. May I say to the non-believer, the unsaved, the, the ones that aren't following Christ yet, we don't have a new story to tell you. We don't have a new twist on the word of God. It's the same old gospel that was good enough for mom and dad and grandmas and grandpas. It's good enough in this generation. Jesus Christ does save sinners. Bless his name. We're not here to force feed you the word of God, but we are eyewitnesses of him. And we're here to remind you, Jesus Christ was virgin born. He was the lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. He was the son of God and the son of man. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He was betrayed, he was bruised, he was beaten, he bled, he was buried, he died, yes he did. But on the third day, he came forth and he brought with him the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. He lives. How do I know he lives? He lives in our hearts. I hope you know that tonight. So we share with the doubters and the skeptics and every sinner. It's our responsibility, church, to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. And we rejoice that one was saved tonight. The church, the church has to be the one place that people in society can come in and find a people that are filled with joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. There ought to be genuine enthusiasm in our lives. Pulpits ought to be thundering a message of hope and hallelujah, we get a lot of thundering of messages of hope in, these pulp- in this pulpit. Our attitude should be expressly different than that of the unchurched. We're all going through everything, we're all going through things together, but there's a friend by our side. Amen. We used to sing in VBS a few years ago, perhaps 50 years ago. We would go over in front of the altar at Bonser Run Christian Baptist Church and we would sing the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. If you didn't say it a little bit more enthusiastic than that, they'd make you do it again (laughs) over there. We'd sing songs like Jesus loves me and I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I can go over to the local uh, nursing home 
We went over once and we began to sing with those precious seniors the Sunday school songs. And all of a sudden they knew them all. And if I would sing, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You'd start singing, where? Down in my heart. I'm saying if the joy of the Lord is down in our heart, believer, we need to bring the joy of the Lord that's in the depths of our heart. We need to stir up our faith and put some Jesus on our face and get a skip in our feet. We're on our way to heaven. C.H. Spurgeon once said, a genuine revival without joy in the Lord is as impossible as a spring without flowers or a daybreak without the sun. Sandy and I were down in Nashville and we're empty nesters. Uh, We were really grieving over that. It's kind of cool now. Those of you that haven't walked through the valley yet, you'll get through it. Life's filled with seasons. I mean, when you're a child, it's a season of spills. Get a little bit older, it's a season of drills. And you get up in the teens and 20s, it's a season of thrills. And you get in your uh, 30s and 40s, it's a season of bills. And you get a little bit older uh, like me, and then it's a season of pills. And then you get a little bit older than that, it's a season of wills. But I'm telling you, the Lord is with us no matter what season we're going through. He's there. I say he's there. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Brother Darren, I'm in a disappointing time of my life. Jesus is there. So we started, I started Walt's wonderful world of antiques and collectibles. Finding stuff that I could buy for a dollar and sell it for 12. Your junk is my treasure. And so we're thrifting and having fun doing it. And we walked into a place in Nashville and I found another book like I needed another book. But it was by Chuck Swindle and it was called Laugh Again. And I want to say one phrase that Chuck Swindle wrote in 1992. Now, I was a pharmacist for 25 years. Sometimes we get the math right and sometimes we don't. But I think that's 30 years ago that he wrote, I know of no greater need today than the need for joy. Unexplainable. Contagious joy. Outrageous joy. That was written before 9-11. That was written before you had the world in your hand through technology. That was written before a pandemic that has caused so much death, division, and destruction. That was written before a woke generation fueled by the Hollywood's lies 
the twist of politics, the spin of media, and uh, all the uh, envy of big tech companies, this generation that's infiltrating our educational system, this cultural shift that's determining, determined to change our Christian values and our principles and the truths that we have believed before all of this has taken place. Chuck says, I believe we need a contagious joy. If that was true 30 years ago, then believers, we need to get some joy back into our life that the enemy has stolen and scattered some clouds of disappointment and say, my redeemer lives. There is a higher power and he's gonna help me through. May I remind you, Satan is out to destroy. He's out to kill. He's out to steal. He'll take anything from you. He wants your faith. He wants your song. He wants your worship. He wants your talents. He wants your gifts. He wants your loyalty. He wants the fruit of the spirit. He wants your family. But we have to stand up in the power of Jesus Christ and declare to Satan, hell, and every demon in hell. You're not gonna take my family and you're not taking my joy and you're not taking my song and you're not taking my witness and you're not taking my testimony and you're not taking my Lord. I'm sticking with the book and I'm going on with it, amen. Praise his name. You're not taking one more thing from me. And I'm taking back what you stole from me. I hate the devil. I pastored a lady down in 7th Street Christian Baptist. She was radical. She was a single grandma trying to raise children and grandchildren. And she'd get mad. She'd testify. That's what she was doing. And she'd just start stomping. I hate the devil. I'd like to stomp his head. Well, I think that's what some of the families need to do. You need to go through your house and start saying, devil, you're not taking my family. You're not taking my heritage. You're not taking my children. You're not taking what the Lord has given to me. You can't have it. Paul wrote under house arrest. The apostle Paul wrote, in a season where he could have been mightily disappointed, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. The power of the resurrection of Christ dwells in you. Years ago, my daughter was going through a season in her life. She was an older teen. I couldn't help her. I had to go get on the tractor and cut grass. She wasn't gonna help me do that either. But I just told her, I said, you're just gonna have to pray and you're gonna have to trust the Lord. I come back a few hours later. She had been in her purple uh, Bible. It was, it was uh, covers were purple. And she said, whoo, 
I've been in the book of Ephesians and I found out the power of that raised Jesus up from the grave is the same power that dwells within me. I'm saying to you believers tonight, let's get the joy of the Lord back in our life. This is Easter today and the power of the resurrection is within us. These things have I spoken that my joy might remain in you. Their joy might be full. Christ knows what we're going to face. He knew what the disciples would face and what was on the horizon when he spoke those words. And he told them, if you abide in me and I abide in you, uh, that's gonna be the power source. Me and you. And you'll be able to do great things because he's in us. Look up here. There's none of you that are aren't, aren't, uh, uh, you're not able to go against the devil on yourself. You'll fail. You'll disappoint yourself. But through Christ, you can conquer and succeed. Amen. I've got to come to a close. The word of God in us is there to help us in times of disappointment. Joy is mentioned over 200 times in the word of God. Joy means inner gladness, rejoicing, delight. It's spiritual. Happiness is based upon the happenings around you. So things around you will change like weather in Ohio. You never know what a day is gonna hold. And you've gotta understand that joy is not the same thing as happiness. But a lot of times we have to choose if we want a life that's filled with a delightful outlook or a joyful outlook or an outlook that's disappointed all the time. There's some people, their disappointments are greater. I understand that. There's some that stub their toe, act like they've had their leg amputated. I understand that too. You have to choose You have to discipline your mind to think right thoughts and to have your mind renewed in a time when the world is trying to change your mind. The word of God has to change your mind. Most of us in this county, if we're not careful, we're very very pessimistic people. I I told him down at 7th Street, I said, one week you're swinging from the chandeliers, the next week you act like a bunch of bullfrogs sitting on lily pads aside. And I'm telling you, the Lord's the same everything, no matter what's going on in our life. And sometimes I was the leader of the bullfrogs. (laughs) I understand. We had a little wedding September the 18th. Mama Laura started planning for the wedding. Uh, I think, think face 20, almost 27. So she began to plan the wedding 28 years ago. <laughs> and the wedding reception, as soon as there was a proposal, she's planning. And a part of planning the wedding reception was 
checking the weather report in January for what the weather was going to be in September. And so things were going pretty well. And we get closer and closer in the week before. And I hear, ah! And I'm like, what's happened? I'm thinking, you know, a snake or something's got in the house. There's a 20% chance of rain on Saturday. Well, there's an 80% chance of sunshine. Joy is a choice. You must believe that God is always at work in my life, no matter how disappointing life is. I've got to know that God is in control of my life, even in the dark times of the storm. God is in the midst of whatever is happening to me, whether that's good or bad. Even though I cannot sense it, I can't make sense of it, God is still good. He's too loving to hurt me. He's too kind to lead me. He's too good to forsake me. He's God in the good and in the bad. Man, it feels good here tonight. Trio, come. I close with telling you one of the most familiar parts of the Easter story. Two men were walking a long road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It was seven miles. It would take them two hours to walk. That was their mode of transportation. We can't even walk around Walmart without getting winded. That's how they would walk. That's how they got around. And they were so disappointed that Jesus had been crucified. Stay with me, I got two minutes, look up here. They were so disappointed that Christ had been executed. So they thought, we're going back home. As they walked, they talked about those things. And all of a sudden, Christ is walking beside them and they don't know who he is. Let me explain. They were in a season of disappointment. Can I give you some synonyms for disappointment? Maybe you'll understand this. I feel let down, preacher. I'm discouraged, Brother Darren. I just feel bummed out. That was a real bummer. I feel defeated. I feel failure. Disappointment's a bitter pill to swallow. The definition is disappointment is the feeling of dissatisfaction that follows the failure of expectations and hopes. What do I do when I'm disappointed? Quickly listen. What these fellows did, they listened to the Lord. And he shared with them the word. They walked with him. He talked with them. They talked to him. They got to their, got to Emmaus 
He acted as if he were going on. They said, come into our house. He came home with them. May I say, if you're disappointed, it'd be real wise of you to take Jesus home with you. Because the guest will become the host. And there, as he began to break bread, bless the bread and give it to them, their eyes were opened and they realized it was Christ. Then he disappeared from them and then they made their way back to Jerusalem to to fellowship with the others. Those fable stories those women had talked about, those weren't fables. He was alive. Believer, Jesus is with you always. Days of disappointment won't last forever. The chapters of your life can change overnight. Keep your focus on things above. That little girl that sang a while ago, her mommy and daddy prayed for her. My cousin Rhonda, she was right at the age of 40 when God allowed her to have Elizabeth. But we were there in a long period of disappointment, a road that was long. But now that little girl got on stage and sang tonight. God's good. Father, thank you for your power to preach your anointing. I pray that, Lord, for a believer that's disappointed tonight, they're facing this time, may they come and lay these cares upon you and find strength in you. And if there's one that's lost tonight, come just like this young man did other and find you true. I pray tonight you'd help us to get fighting mad against the enemy that's stolen from us that we will declare to him he's taken nothing else.